Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Ninja's Spiritual AF Podcast. Welcome, welcome. Today we had an awesome conversation yet again because it's what we do on this show. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, we talked to Sydney Campos. That's right. Mm-hmm. And she is an intuitive advisor, author, speaker, coach. She does it all. She does it all. She does yeah, it all. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I really got a lot of, out of this conversation, like talking about being an empath and what mm-hmm. that means and absorbing people's energy as you walk around. Like there's mm-hmm. definitely certain moments where Christmas at the mall. Oh, God. Yeah. Forget about <laughs> it. I can't stand that space. Yeah. So what the heck is it? Well, yeah. Well, Sydney, she shared some tips on how to manage that. Yes. Big mm-hmm. time. So mm-hmm. for anybody that's an empath or feels like you're picking up other people's energies or emotions or traumas or anything, this is absolutely an episode you have to hear. Mm-hmm. So and stay we, tuned after the break. Yeah. We also talk about Akashic Records. Ooh, good one as well. Yeah. So this is a juicy, juicy episode. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It was really, really awesome. So yeah, like Bart said, you have to stay tuned after the little jingle and listen to our chat with Sydney. Hey, hey. you just turned into the Spirit Ninja's Spiritual as f- Podcast. The show that aims to inspire, uplift, and questions everything. And now your hosts, Bart Rigel and Holly Emerson. All right. Well, uh, Sydney, thank you so much for joining us here on our podcast. This is exciting. We wanted to have you on for a little while here. Mm-hmm. And uh, here you are. It's awesome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you guys. <laughs> I look, I'm looking forward to our awesome convo. Yeah, us too. So I guess before we get started, or as we get started, if you could you know, give us a quick bio on yourself, like where did you come from? How did you end up you know, becoming an intuitive advisor and author and speaker? Like, Holy crap, you got a story, girl. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we know your story, but share it with, with our audience. Sure, yeah, it's a long story and it's a fun one. I guess today what feels most present to share on that end is just, you know, I came, I came, certainly I felt my entire life that I'm from a different planet. <laughs> yep. I came from somewhere else, uh, came to Earth and with the intention, I think as a soul, to really awaken consciousness and to help people really fall into love with themselves and each other. And, you know, I say again and again, my mission through everything that I create, whether it's coaching, retreats, books, you know, live streams, my mission is to help people remember who they are and really remember that, you know, this place, this planet that we're on is heaven, heaven on earth, you know, paradise. It's the most beautiful place in the entire universe and that we chose to be here and let's live our most extraordinary, powerful, creative, inspired lives, right? So that's really like my why. Mm -hmm. And I didn't always feel that way. I didn't always, you know, feel so clear in owning that. Um, As you could imagine, and I'm sure many people resonate with this, when I was really young, I was like a super intuitive, psychic, magical child. And as all of us are, I believe, you know, and then um, you know, kind of just growing up, learned that it wasn't fully safe to tell the truth in the like really radical way. I would always call adults out and, and just tell them exactly what I thought. And <laughs> yeah, and I just learned to kind of mute my gifts and really mute my sensitivity and not listen to my body or my intuition. And which, uh, for me catalyzed a lot of, you know, kind of darker experiences just in kind of losing myself. You know, I had about a 10 year period of my life, really young, 14 to 24, when I was really engaged in a lot of different addictive behaviors and um, 
just really didn't take care of myself, you know, but I'm really grateful for having learned so many um, important lessons, like really hard lessons, it feels like early on in my life so that I could just wake up and, and really understand, you know, my mission and fully receive that. And uh, so when I was 24, I got sober from, you know, drugs and alcohol and a bunch of other things I have to take care of myself, started to meditate, started to get really into healing and learning about different energy healing tools, Akashic records, Reiki, yoga, meditation, like all sorts of different practices. And all the meanwhile, working full time in advertising and marketing in New York City and and just, you know, along that path, it was like a, you know, I'd say five year path or so before I launched my own company, my own business. Um, but that five year path of just like daily practice of like bettering myself and taking care of myself, healing, doing really rigorous work to, to heal some of these wounds that had catalyzed, you know, addiction and all sorts of different kind of like dark behaviors and just getting to know myself. And suddenly, you know, through that process, the voice within me was just getting louder and louder saying, you know, it's time to work, time to get to work, time to do your mission, get out there. <laughs> You're not meant to work in a full-time job doing advertising, although I'm really good at that, you know, because I feel like a lot of intuitive people are like natural marketers because we just know how to communicate in ways that people understand and we can, you know, kind of tap into trends. And so that was really fun, but not my, not my mission. And so about two years ago, I just really listen to that, that whisper of my intuition of my soul that got to be so loud. That was just like, you know, we don't, and it was really powerful because it's like, you know, my mind and my ego wanted to know this full plan of what was my business going to look like and how is it going to all be? And yeah. And I just, I just took one step at a time and I moved through these different challenges of like fear and, and, and just really, you know, leaned really heavily into trust of like, you know, I know that I'm supposed to be doing something else. So what did that look like? That looked like, you know, as I was in my full-time job, starting my health coaching certification, you know, which really empowered me with this more tangible kind of, you know, path of like, I can do this. I can like be in this community and, and be around other people that are coaching. I know what that feels like. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to support myself and, you know, having the tools and the platform to launch this. And that, you know, eventually kind of, um, you know, translated into also doing strategic consulting with brands and startups and, uh, some of which I still do. I'm still a marketing advisor for an amazing startup that I love with amazing people. And, uh, you know, long story short, there's so many different things that I could say to that end. I know a lot of people like to, to listen to like, you know, what was the jump off point from your full-time job into entrepreneurship and how do you do that? And, and the continuation of that, even in entrepreneurship to lean into the un discomfort and the trust and the unknowing. And, um, but you know, over the last year, I've really had the most transformative year of my life. And 2017, I spent most of the, the year in Bali, which I thought nice. I was just going to go visit there for like a month. And I ended up staying for almost eight months and <laughs> just having the most incredible time, really opening up my psychic intuitive abilities in a very deep way, getting even more clear on my mission and my purpose and having some really miraculous synchronicities occur, such as, you know, receiving a book deal from a major publisher via a Facebook message, what? <laughs> which, wow. which is what happens when you're just like, you know, in alignment, I had written some articles and, and, you know, kind of had this intuition to write a little bit of an ebook, but I was just going to self publish on Amazon. And then the universe is like, no, you're going to have a major book deal. And this is going to be big and you're going to write a whole book. <laughs>
that happened last May. And so I just finished writing that book and it's going to be out May 1st, which is just, like so proud of, of that. Uh, and, um, Good for you. Yeah, yeah, so there's like, oh my gosh, there's so much that wants to come through today. Have, <laughs> you know, like the whole, the whole story. That's, that's, I would say the, the gist of it. Yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> that's amazing. That is really exciting. Well, first off, congratulations on the book deal. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. exciting. And um, we'll be sure to link uh, your book in the show notes. So yes, when it sure. comes out, people can can pre-order. And... So let's talk about your book. What is your book about? What can people find out in your book and learn? And Totally. What's... Yeah, it's called my book is The Empath Experience, What to Do When You Feel Everything. And it's really about how to live a super empowered, loving, fulfilling, present life. And, you know, I talk about, you know, the book is really, it was written for, for me when I first got sober and I was like learning how to deal with emotions and feeling my feelings and my intuition coming back online after muting my sensitivity for so long and mm -hmm. learning what an empath is. I had never heard that word before. Right. And I think I'm, I'm seeing it referenced more nowadays, which is really for nice. Sure. Um, but I, at the time I found out about it like seven, six or seven years ago. And it, it was like, Oh my God, there's a word to describe how it felt my entire life. I had no, I always thought something was wrong with me. You know, <laughs> I thought like, why does everybody else understand how to kind of live in this way that feels, it feels like they kind of just know what to do. And I don't know what to do. Like, why is this so confusing? For and, sure. um, yeah. And for those people that don't know, like an empath is somebody that is really hypersensitive to feeling either other people's there's different types of empaths also which I talk about in my book there's you know people that can be really sensitive to feeling the emotions and even like the physical you know feelings like physical sensations of other people as you know someone around you is like feeling really upset about something and you can actually feel as an empath and I did this for a long time unconsciously right so I was actually like feeling other people's emotions but not knowing that's what was happening and I would be very confused feeling like these states of sadness or grief or anxiety and feeling like why is it why am I feeling this way my life is not there's nothing going on in my life to explain why I feel this way and it was just it was really um very confusing and mm -hmm. but what I what I've learned you know in hindsight as I started to really take care of myself was that you know wow I was really I was really I'm so open and I can feel other people's pain. And a part of me, in fact, had been conditioned to like, really be a support for a lot of people that I would attract unconsciously who would want to seek out my support, which oftentimes just meant being in my space, being in my physical presence, being in my field, that there was something in my openness that, you know, I was able to transmute, it almost felt like transmuting people's, you know, grief, disappointment, anxiety, whatever it was that just simply being in this space with me would, would help them to heal, would help them feel more, you know, um, grounded in themselves perhaps. And mm -hmm. yeah, so, but doing that unconsciously, you know, that's where we hear people talk about, you know, taking on other people's stuff and, and For definitely. Sure. Yeah. So that was a big part of my, big part of my path. And I, I feel like a lot of people on this, uh, you know, awakening consciousness journey on the planet are like waking up to their own sensitivity, whatever that may you know, look like for them, it may mean that they're sensitive to other people's emotions, it may feel like they're feeling more sensitive to, you know, the planetary shifts of the collective conscious. Oh, my God, like, what's going on here, like feeling the violence or the trauma or the like separation on the planet, and feeling this deep desire 
to serve, the deep desire to help heal, a deep desire to help transform, you know, that might be part of someone's empath kind of activation. Um, there's also people that feel really deeply connected to animals and almost like they can understand how animals are feeling, can feel the suffering of animals, can feel, and also, you know, plants, you know, all living beings, but some people have different sensitivities. We all express our intuition and our kind of energetic signature differently. So it's really, and it's fun. It's fun to talk about this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Cause you know, as much as I wrote a book and I'm can be an expert and, you know, maybe considered an expert in helping people to align to their purpose and activate their intuition and feel really clear in their discernment, create boundaries. So they feel really, you know, just feel really grounded in themselves. There's still so many questions I have. Like, I don't, you know, the more I learn, it's like the less that I know. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it's such a journey. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> totally. Yeah. In the book, like, are all, are all people, and I really feel like all human beings are empaths. You know, I feel like all human beings are empaths, but certain people are maybe more sensitive to their, this awareness, right? Because we're all mm -hmm. in a different trajectory in our journey. And so, you know, the book that I wrote is for all human beings, essentially, but is specifically, I think, speaking to people that are really ready to get like fully empowered in their gifts and to really serve, you know, at a higher level to really get clear on, you know, why am I here? Like, I have these superpowers and what am I here to do with them? You know, so it's just I have so many I have more questions, the more people I can just be in dialogue with about, you know, their experience and learn from other people's experiences. Like, I just love, I love being in that space. Yeah. Yeah, so totally. I've got a question. Like that must be pretty confusing when you're walking around and you're absorbing people's energies and you feel other people's feelings. Like how do you discern whether that's yourself or someone else? Like, is it a little subtly different or can you explain that? That's a really great question. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I I don't feel like I experience that anymore because I've you know gotten so clear on my own energy. So um, for people that are maybe tuning in and they're like, oh my god, I feel that way. I feel exhausted, or I feel drained, or I feel like wiped out after interacting with certain people or being in certain spaces. Like, what's going on? And what is an empath? I feel like that's me. Totally get that. That's how I felt when I first learned this. You know, I was in a Reiki session. Um, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. So like it was right after I got sober and I was having all these emotions come back online. I was starting to get, you know, more clear on my feelings and my intuition. And as I mentioned, it was like, I was feeling anxiety and fear, like a really intense anxiety. And I was confused because I'm like, my life is amazing. My life had never been better. You know, I had everything like was a dream. And yet I felt this anxiety and it really felt like this is not, is this mine, you know? And I had just shared, this is a great synchronicity, I was kind of sharing that experience with a few friends and two people unrelated to each other, like sent me to the same woman who does Reiki and intuitive coaching and just really funny. I'm like, okay, I guess I need to go see this yeah, woman. No kidding. Awesome. <laughs> I went to go see her for a Reiki session, which I had never had before at that point. And she told me after the, well, first after the session, Reiki is like an amazing energy healing for anybody that doesn't know. It just channels source energy through you to clear anything that's just not meant to be in your system and is really just this like transmission of unconditional love that helps expedite your body's natural ability to heal. So it's just activating your own natural system, you know, to come into balance. And, you know, after my first session, I just felt incredibly, I felt so much better. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, whoa, I feel clear. This is like, what is going on? Like, this is so profound. And the, the, 
kind of healer, my, who ended up being my first coach actually after that was like, you're an empath. You are a sponge for other people's emotions. You've been likely going into environments that are really toxic for you to be in. You're probably attracting people that are really a lot of issues onto you and you're unconsciously taking that on to help them, to heal them, to help them feel better. And, you know, that information blew me away. I was like, oh my God, that's, what do we do? You know, naturally I asked your same question. So what do I do? That's a lot. I've been living this way my whole life. What do I do now? And um, the answer to that was first and foremost, awareness. Like, yes, that makes sense. There's certain people in my life that I have that experience of feeling drained or feeling like not fully, it's not fully reciprocal. Like I'm, I'm giving a lot to these people in terms of my attention and care maybe with an underlying desire to save them or to help them in some way. And it's not reciprocated. I'm not being, I'm not taking care of myself in the way that I need. Um, which was something that kind of, you know, developed over the years was learning more about, you know, my own conditioning and working more with my inner child, things like that to learn like the ways in which I, I decided that, you know, my value as a person was contingent upon, you know, how I'm taking care of everybody around me. And I really had learned at a young age that, you know, when other people are happy and if I can help them to feel happy and help them to feel good, then only then after everyone else is taken care of, then maybe I can feel good to you because I'm learning to kind of mirror what I'm feeling in everyone else. And I, you know, when everyone else is happy, then I can be happy instead of the opposite way, opposite, you know, way around, which is like, I get to come first. I get to be happy. (laughs) I have to take care of myself. And then from this place of overflow, I can then support the right people that I'm meant to support that I really resonate with. There's not this feeling of drain or totally giving myself away. And, um, but I would say even, you know, before all of that, that, that this is like kind of over years, right. Learning and very early on in the beginning that it seems so simple, but the most revolutionary thing I, I did to support myself and to your point, to your question of like, I was literally walking around like this sponge unconscious of the ways in which I was like, you know, helping people, without even intending to like help them or absorb things and transmute things for them. Um, the best thing that I did was just like radically commit to self care. And I, you know, and really start getting clear on, you know, where are the ways in which I can love myself more? Cause there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of self hatred actually that I had accumulated through addiction, through just the ways that I really didn't I had no regard for myself. It was really like this. this I was in the self-abandonment cycle for a long time and really living uh, thought other people expected of me, what I thought looked good to the world, what I thought would make other people happy and just really not listening to my truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, to heal that is like a massive order and um, taking care of myself with really basic, literally like such basic self-care, like you know, and really, I talk about this in my book, starting to consciously spend time and create time in my calendar to like spend time alone, be alone with myself, ask myself, what do you want to do right now? What would be inspiring? What do you need? Really creating space to practice that because I had no, I really needed to strengthen the relationship with myself and to, to kind of detach from this, you know, what had become more familiar was to like tune into what, what's going on with everyone else to decide how I wanted to feel and decide what I wanted to do, you know, so I really had to do this reprogramming of, you know, wait, what do I want? What do I desire? What is my, what do I feel? And just doing those practices. Um, it was terrifying at first. I didn't like to be alone. I really was faced with like, 
you know, I don't know if I really like myself. I don't know if I like being with myself. Um, but I got to choose to go through that. And I hired a coach, you know, which is really supportive. And I had support in like recalibrating my whole health protocol and eating differently, taking care of my body, doing like a cleanse regimen was really important for getting clear on my emotions and my having my body operate optimally. Um, and there's so much, I mean, I talk about so many other things in the book. Like I care, I care so much about making, you know, my past years of experience, like so practical and so tangible for people to just like take exercises for their daily life to start, you know, feeling the benefit of creating boundaries and creating clear discernment and just, and ultimately, you know, I even talk about this in my book, like, you know, this notion of energy vampires, which maybe people have heard about, um, and this notion of like, yeah, there's people that at an unconscious level, I don't believe people are consciously aware of this most, most often, but unconsciously it's like, you know, what are the ways in which I'm unconsciously available to like take care of anybody else? And then obviously that's going to be a magnet for anybody that's like seeking to be, to have their unmet needs, right. Met by someone external. And, um, so I talk a lot about that in the book, like this notion of energy vampires and like how to protect yourself from that. And, but at the end of the day, when I finished writing the book, I'm like, I don't actually, at a certain point, I don't think there's anything to protect yourself from at a certain point when you're really taking care of yourself and you're clear on who you are and you're clear in your energy and your feelings, you're not a victim. You know, there's no victims. No one's a victim to like anything coming in and latching on and getting into your energy field. And you know, when you're in your vibration and you love yourself and you're just like, you are feeling your best. There's nothing to protect yourself from, you know, so that was a really great learning. Even energy vampires, actually, where I, where I am on my path now. But um, speaking to people who are maybe a little bit earlier on that language is maybe really supportive. I know it really helped me to feel like, okay, wow, there's like, there's a lot going on here. And, you know, it's not that I'm a bad person. It's not that there's something wrong with me. There's like all these different energies going on and I just get to learn how to really manage myself. I get to take responsibility for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a big that. one. That's a big yeah. one to take responsibility for your own space and what's happening in your life. Yeah. And I love how you said how if you take responsibility for your own space and you take care of yourself, that nothing on the external can influence you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you're saying your process was really about self-love. I'm a big, big advocate of self-love. And I've never actually heard somebody explain how self-love can also help you create different boundaries with how you interact with the world. You know, like I, I know that because I've experienced that in my life. But from an empathic standpoint, I've never actually considered it. So thank you. That was really helpful. Because, like, I guess I need to do some work there. Because <laughs> I notice, like, when I go through certain, yeah, yeah, like I'll notice still when I go through certain environments, like I'll feel stuff, and I don't, I don't like it, it's it like comes in so fast sometimes, and I don't know what to do with it, and then I just like my automatic kind of reaction is like retreat, <laughs> like go to a different space, or you know. But if I could learn to hold a better boundary in the moment, yeah. then Ooh, I'm so glad you're sharing that. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So that was really, that was really helpful for me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. for other people too. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to hear. Yeah. I mean, I also have a suggestion in that because I just, I feel that so deeply what you're saying, that experience of like going to the grocery store or like oh. going to a concert and just being like, what the hell is going on here? Like, yeah. it feels, it's like, I just want to have my own experience and like a really, um, easy, super practical tool to just get, you know, come back to your own energy and to get more clear on like, what do I feel and what do I want? You know, is really to tap into desire, to tap into your desire, which is such a powerful, you know, it's, that's part of your intuitive superpower is listening to like your desires, which are, I believe, communicated by source, by divine inspiration are your key to, you know, really living in flow and in synchronicity and just following these you know, really powerful clues and keys that just plug you into the perfect time, the perfect place, you know, and, and so how to tap into that in the moment, if you're feeling overwhelmed, or you're feeling kind of like something's coming in that you're not really wanting to, to engage with, it's just to really, you know, I even recommend like closing your eyes, just coming back to your own space, like deep breathing, maybe three, like super, super deep breaths, coming back to your body, and then asking, so you're activating all of your own senses, right? You're bringing all of your own kind of senses and, and intuitive channels online just through that simple process of breathing, eyes closed, and and asking yourself then in the mind, what do I desire right now? What do I need? How can I best feel supported? How can I support myself, mm-hmm. right? Asking yourself that question whatever way resonates most powerfully for you and letting your intuition express what do you yeah. need to feel supported, Cause I found that, and then listening, right. And, and doing whatever that says, like in the moment, like do not delay, do it, do exactly what direction comes through. And I found that, you know, with practicing that repetitively, repetitively all the time, I have some clients like, I mean, maybe everybody could do this for fun. Set a timer on your phone for every half an hour and put like, you know, put the reminder, what do I desire right now? Mm-hmm. What do I, need? how can I best support myself? practice that. And eventually it becomes like a default mechanism to just live intuitively guided, you know, and really cultivates self-trust, strengthens your boundaries, also heals any unworthiness that may be looming that catalyzes this, you know, unconscious oftentimes desire to serve other people to feel important or to feel valuable. I mean, all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's so simple that that practice like hits on so many different wounds and just Mm -hmm. like kind of makes so many unconscious patterns conscious and really is it like the best way you can take your power back especially when you just you know take the actions that you're directed to take especially when they don't make sense to the mind you Mm -hmm. know because if you're also somebody I'm noticing this um, challenge in a lot of people as they're awakening to their energetic sensitivity that there's like this there's this um, challenge in really dropping out of the mind and into the heart and into the body and to fully trust feelings as opposed to conditioning and thoughts and stories. And, you know, so um, that's a really powerful way to engage with the mind and help to train your mind, which just wants to help you. It just wants to figure (laughs) everything out. And it's just like this homework machine that wants to like have something to do all the time. And it's our job to give it the story and to give it the, the, task to give it the homework that's in service to our good feelings and our soul. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's super helpful. Um, because I know for me, when I'm in those situations, I can be very unconscious because I'm just, I haven't trained myself to really, um, like identify that this is just an empathic moment 
And the reason why I'm feeling this way is because of the environment. It's usually after I remove myself that I'm like, oh, I know what it was versus Mm -hmm. being conscious of it in the moment. So I really like the suggestion of the timer on the phone. I'm a big fan of timers on the phone, but I've never thought about it to do it like that. So (laughs) yeah. And what I like about that too, is that it's, it's how you co-create with the universe ultimately Mm -hmm. by sending that intention for the next half hour or the next hour or whatever. Because I think majority of the society nowadays, they're very reactive. The world happens to them and then they feel something and then they make their decisions based on that. But Mm -hmm. if you do it the other way around, you know, you take a step back and then you set that intention for the next half hour, hour, whatever, then all of a sudden like a different energy begins to run your life. Totally. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, through everything that's that I'm, we're kind of talking about right now, it's really, we're talking about the distinction that I feel like collectively we're moving out of victim consciousness mm-hmm. into creator consciousness and into like full recognition and remembrance that we are creators and we are creating our stories. We're creating this world. I mean, this holographic universe, if you will, you know, we are creating it and and it's so beautiful to own that responsibility that we have in our part, you know, in creating this the way that we want it. There's no, no one is a victim, right? And that also changes like your whole paradigm of relationships when you really start oh, to yeah. look at other people that way. Like mm-hmm. no one is a victim, you know, everyone is choosing, even if they're not fully aware of that. It's like, wow, that has just radically transformed so much of like my my relationship and intimacy practice in my life for over the years as I've really taken, and it starts with me, right? It always starts with you. It's like, be that mirror for how you want other people to appear in your life and how you want other people to show up, you know, like really hold people to that standard by embodying it first. Mm-hmm. That's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the creator. That's it though, right? There's, yeah. We're not victims to anybody else. Like nothing is happening to me. Everything is happening for me. You know, how yeah. is this painful, challenging situation actually such a gift to catalyze my transformation that my soul is wanting to experience to be more in truth, to be more in alignment with my purpose, to be more authentic, to feel more safe and be who I really am. All these different things, you know, and, and yeah, and it can be really challenging. It's, it's intense, right? It's like, I say the journey of alignment and really, you know, seeking to be really like radically authentic in your expression takes courage, takes a lot of courage to face the truth about yourself and really face your shadow, face your shadow of like, what are the ways in which I'm really depending on people to validate me? You know, that's like my biggest, it still comes up. It will always come up. I was talking to my partner about this last night. Like I think this might always come up in different forms, you know, that, that my shadow is like, I depend, parts of me still depend on outside validation to feel like I'm important and to feel like I'm, I'm meaningful and to feel like, you know, I matter, you know, like seeking that love, mm-hmm. it's love, it's all love, just seeking love and wanting to be seen by other people to feel complete, you know, and, and I, and I say that to say like, and I also feel so whole and so integrated (laughs) and so powerful and I love myself, but that it's a dance, like that stuff will come up and it's really, you know, it's, yeah. And it's deepening into more love. It's like, we're not just like, Oh, I'm healed. I'm complete. I'm a super empowered empath. My life is amazing. It's like, no, it's like, this is what life is. Maybe forever we get opportunities 
more love, more intimacy, more connection, more receptivity to divine inspiration. You know, it's like the wild ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I love how you're talking about shadow and it is truly like what you said, a deepening into more love. Like every time you, you see your shadow come up in yourself or in a reflection in somebody else, it really is a beautiful opportunity to move into more love, you know, not just self-love, but like compassion and love for everybody else too. Always, always mm-hmm. more love, right? And it's mm-hmm. like love can be super simplified down. Like many teachers, I guess Marianne Williamson comes to mind. It's like we're either moving to love or fear. It's like really that easy. And it's yeah. just that mm-hmm. It's like am I in fear right now? And fear can take many different shapes, right? Depending on your kind of like fear, your fear of choice. You know, mine is like, what are people thinking about me? And that's <laughs> I'm in any energy like that. I know I'm in fear, you know, versus love. What does, what is the expression of love in this moment? How can I be, oh, such a great question that I, I like to remind myself of and just share as much as possible is like, you know, on the same note of asking yourself, what do I desire? What do I need? What do I want? You can ask yourself as much as you can throughout the day, like, how can I be all of the love that I am? Right. Mm-hmm. So just witnessing like that, that truth, acknowledging that truth that you are love, that is your nature is love. So how can you be all of that love like now how does that express itself through you and that's that can be really illuminating if you're really yeah. honest with yourself about ways in which you're not fully being in your your full expression mhm i love that yeah love we that. we watched that little video with uh, neil don walsh earlier today and he was talking about how uh you know we are really still on a journey of evolution like we are not the pinnacle of what our our species is going to be in you know 50 100 5000 years from now you know we're only in our infancy right now we're just just leaving that we're just entering maybe like teenagehood maybe maybe <laughs> yeah we're in like major adolescent years yeah <laughs> yeah definitely all the turmoil things are shifting things are kind of crazy but it's just because we need to step into that next level of more love more maturity I love that you said that. I'm just feeling it's like spiritual puberty. Totally. (laughs) Totally awkward. And everyone's like getting weird, like acne. Acne. (laughs) Awkward. Like, I don't know how to talk to the opposite sex. Like, it's like that, you know, like remember the high school dances? It's like, you know, you just you're awkward. You don't know how to talk to everybody else. And big time. (laughs) Super insecure. I love that. That is so funny. That's so true. (laughs) Yeah, I think something that we just need to be conscious of as we go through this whole process is just love and kindness to ourselves. Like that whole self self love piece, because it's so easy to get stuck in the guilt. I wish I did this differently. I wish I did this differently, or I would have handled the situation in a different way. Or even in the victimhood, you know, bless you. (laughs) Even in the victimhood, when um, people are still in, in the state of like, well, this person did this to me and that's why I'm like this and my life sucks because of this particular event or my ex cheated or whatever, whatever the story is, you know, it's Mm -hmm. about like stepping out of that. And like you said, taking that responsibility for your space, your own space. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. just not blaming, not blaming yourself, not blaming others, just, just being kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good one too. Another distinction that comes up as you mentioned all that is like, like, cause I, fe- I feel like so much of my path has been like rigorous reprogramming and like major mindset work and just like meditation and 
I mean, everything. And, and something I've really become aware of, especially over this past year is like on that note of like being radically responsible for yourself and being like this leader of your own life and create and creator consciousness. It's like, actually like it's a balance, right? Like ev not every single thing is like my responsibility. Cause I just <laughs> noticed like certain times there have been moments where something's been triggering for me or it's been painful or there's been a, a lesson in a relationship and it's like, what am I like? Okay. What, what did I do to like create this? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing to set this trigger off? Or like, what am I doing to like, what, how am I responsible? And there have been, there's just something to watch out there for there. Cause like there have been times where I've even had like a friend reflect or partner reflect to me. Like it's, you didn't do anything. Like you didn't create that actually. Like that's actually just happening because you know, maybe there's not always a reason actually that sometimes things are, are happening that mm -hmm. I'm not that the trigger is coming up, but it's not because it's triggering. It's not because it's mirroring something inside of me that's wanting to be healed, you know? Yeah. So it's, I just, I just say that to say that it's not so black or white as much as mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, we're all creators and we're all, we can take responsibility for ourselves, but to be careful and going too far down the scale on any one side that, you know, sometimes it can end up being this, I've experienced this kind of like self-deprecating energy of like, you know, a martyr almost like a martyring energy of like, where did I create this? Or like, what did I do mm -hmm. wrong? Like this even happened to me to make it super like happened to me really recently. You know, I was really in this, this feeling of like, what am I doing wrong? Cause I was feeling like old emotions coming up. I was just feeling kind of bad and I was feeling awkward because I was like, why do I feel uncomfortable right now? Like, what is this old feeling coming up? It feels really old. And I didn't know how to fully intellectualize or express it. And part of my training was like, you know, well, how am I doing something wrong to create this? You know, what am I doing? And really what wanted to be expressed was just like sadness. What really just wanted to be felt was like, it wasn't an intellectualized answer. It was just like, I'm feeling really sad. And this feeling is wanting to come up because I'm wanting to feel more love and connection. But there's this part of me running this old program, which I connected to later being like an inner child mm -hmm. kind of wound, you know, and, and you didn't even need to know the full story. It was like, okay, where can I just love myself? Like, it's okay to be sad right now. And there's, it's okay to feel this like feeling of not being understood by someone that I love and not being able to communicate clearly in this moment, what it is that I really need, you know, yeah. like it's okay. Mm -hmm. I think uh, something that we uh, we've done as a society over the last, let's say, 15, 20 years is that we've all heard this idea how we're all supposed to be super positive all the time that, oh God. <laughs> you know, you have to be positive, you know, positive affirmations like, oh, don't don't do that. Don't go down that rabbit hole. You got to stay positive. And the problem with that is that people numb themselves because as soon as something enters their energy, energy field or their emotional body, whatever all of a sudden they don't want to feel it. They feel guilty about it and they don't allow themselves to process that emotion. But the only way for it to actually come out and be healed and just run through you is through totally embracing that emotion, whatever it is at the moment without yeah. judgment. Yeah. It's like we have judgments against certain emotions versus Big others, time. you know, like being happy and joyful, cheerful, kind, graceful. That's yeah, like all that, good. That's cool. But don't be angry. Don't be negative. Don't, you know, yeah. don't show that in public. <laughs> don't show that yeah. on Facebook or like, Instagram. No one wants to see that. 
<laughs> and everybody wants to see that actually totally. because that's like where we really connect is like yeah. oh my god I'm not alone because in this culture that's conditioned us to be like you, know, you have to look this way and you have to be perfect and and literally feeling bad feelings and there's like as you said this judgment of like certain feelings are bad mm-hmm. something that was so revolutionary for me to learn and my path is like Feelings are neutral information. They're just like totally. data. They're just like happening. They're not good. <laughs> they just are. And yeah. how like, oh my God, what a relief. Yeah. Like there's a feeling happening and it's just energy wanting to come out through my body. It doesn't even necessarily need a story. Yeah. It just wants to be acknowledged and felt and heard. And and any sense of like dissonance or, or, or pain isn't actually a natural state of being in my being like it wants to move wants to get out and mm-hmm. yeah I'm so grateful for that that like revelation like oh my god there's nothing yeah. I used to think my feelings were going to kill me because yeah. I feel so intensely you know I was like so afraid of going into pain of going into like judgment of going into like my fears and being really radically honest about what some of those things were and um I really used to have this feeling of like, it is going to kill me to fully feel this. Like my body's going to explode or like, I can't Mm. handle it. And yeah. And that's why it was so great. Like I haven't done any of this, the work alone. I've always healed in community and with coaches and advisors and mentors and, you know, and at the end of the day, like we're all our own like best guide, you know, at a certain point, it's like, you're the one that knows if you're really telling the truth, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. how willing are you to face yourself? But, you know, for all of this work, especially shadow work and really doing a lot of the, yeah, like just doing this excavation, like clearing it out, just, it is so important to feel like you are, you know, held and like you can be in a safe space to, to feel supported and, and moving through whatever you need to move through, whether that's in relationship or, you know, I, I should share, like, I say this a little bit in my book, like the first five years of my journey, I was like in 12 step recovery, you know, and I was really, um, and while I no longer identify with that path per se now, cause I've just, my evolution has taken me kind of on a different path. That was a really essential part of, um, what I now identify as like having made quantum leaps in healing and transformation and growth. I had a community that I was showing up for almost every single day that required like a deep level of authenticity honesty and service, like being really involved in supporting other people, right? Seeing these mirrors of, of transformation around me all the time. And I, I like inundated myself in that really rigorously for five years, you know, and that feels like, it's like, I don't give myself enough credit or acknowledgement for that being part of my path. Cause it's, I'm just so present to um, this question of like willingness, right. And like, how do you, everyone wants to transform or like heal and feel better, but it's like, where do you cultivate that willingness, life or death, to really that. grow and do the work that does catalyze healing? And I'm just so present to the fact that that willingness that I had, you know, is such a miracle because not everybody, not everybody has that. And sometimes mm-hmm. it has to be catalyzed by a lot of pain, right? Like pain is the ultimate motivator of spiritual growth. Uh, but I'm always in question, like, does it have to be? No, does it have to be so, so bad yeah. where it gets better? <laughs> yeah, no, you're bang on, though. Like, I think, yeah, it doesn't have to be. But I agree with you on the whole willingness. You know, it's like, are you willing to to actually genuinely do the work? Mm-hmm. You know, find that community, find that support, find the teachers to help you. 
Because a lot of people, they don't want to do that because it requires change. You know, maybe there there could be drastic change. Like you had to undergo, you undergrew, uh, underwent like major change in your life. <laughs> so yeah, you do have to have that willingness. Yeah, I'm always in like question about that because like mm-hmm. I, I work, I find this in my coaching practice. It's like people really resonate with me around like, you know, that I have had these like quantum leaps and transformation and that I continue to not always motivated by pain, you know, Mm -hmm. like maybe I create something I really love is, um, what I noticed in my path, especially over the last two years is like, you know, without creating pain, you know, to motivate me into quantum leaps and transformation and growth and like prosperity and all this goodness. It's like, I've noticed a really fun, fun way to catalyze this like willingness to do like drastic upheaval of, shadow and just old energy and all this stuff it's been to like invest in myself like Mm -hmm. I I have really healed so much of my like scarcity consciousness and inherently in that unworthiness and um you know unwillingness to be fully authentic and seen right I've healed so much of that by like investing in myself at like wild levels and just like creating this fire like lighting the fire to like Mm -hmm. be all in you know on like being all in on my desires and I love yeah. to invite people into that space because, you know, money is such an amazing tool with which we can really like dive into our shadow, dive into like our unworthiness, scarcity, whatever is blocking us off from being fully in creator consciousness, abundance, love, like living the life that we desire, you know? So I found that as like a fun workaround. Like it, you don't have to get to the point where you're like, yeah. you know, dying <laughs> in the physical realm, but part of, part of you, there's a distinction too. Like, and part of what I think our society conditions us to, to be really comfortable with is like a low level of suffering or like mm-hmm. a low level oh, of like part time. of us is maybe dying, but like, yeah, that's okay. But we're okay just, with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't, I don't really want to live in a world where people are, no. you know, settling. <laughs> yeah. We talk about that a lot too. The whole like transforming through joy versus transforming through suffering. Like you can really mm-hmm. choose to do both. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, which one do you prefer? I've, it is a choice. Yeah, it is. Like I've transformed through suffering and I really prefer joy. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like, much better. been there, done that. <laughs> and yeah, transforming through joy is so much better. Like I had this one teacher and he was like, you know, you could have your life get better and better. And then some people, they think, oh, something bad has to happen because everything's going really good. And so I better watch out. Something bad, bad is going to happen or you can just keep allowing your life to get better and better and better mm. and better <laughs> and better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, the thing that comes up as you say that is also something that's been really helpful for me in terms of like what we're talking about, I think, is like navigating this like duality that everything's like all good all the time or just all bad and horrible all the time. It's like learning to live in the gray. Like I remember mm. the first time that I it was again like early on in my sobriety and I was like. I remember talking to a support, like a person that really supported me a lot during that time and saying like, oh my God, I'm having this feeling and it feels like I was scared. I was having a new feeling and I was describing it to her and I'm like, well, it just feels like, like nothing is, is wrong. <laughs> like, like, I'm serious, you guys. I was scared. I just had lived so much of my life on like high alert yeah. and like I need to figure things out to feel like I'm okay. And I was like, I just feel like nothing's wrong. I'm like, nothing's happening weird and she's yeah and she's like 
I think you're feeling like serenity and peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I that love is. it. <laughs> That's cool, right? Like it's not like even a heightened, elated state of joy, which can also be a high or an attachment to feeling like, oh my god, amazing, Mm -hmm. or like, oh my god, the depths of darkness. It was just kind of like being present in the moment and feeling kind of like detachment was like a new experience, right? And so it's like this living in the gray. And I would also say, like, yes, allowing your life to get better and better, and knowing that you're on this growth trajectory and that yes, like everything is happening for you and your highest good. But that within that, there's also cycles of contraction and expansion, which are not meant to be feared, right? Which mm-hmm. is like also a dance, like, oh, I'm in an expansive state. I'm like receiving, I'm creating. I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm really like visible. And then there's natural contraction to follow that. Right. And there's like a, a time of, you know, maybe more hibernation, more introspection, more con- like just like our planet follows seasons. It's like mm-hmm. our bodies, our consciousness, we're following our own seasons. So I feel like that's really important to mention in this conversation because people can get really afraid of like, oh my God, that this like high is not lasting and the joy and the ecstasy, it's like not as as much as it was. Oh my God, what's wrong? And there's nothing wrong. It's just Mm -hmm. a natural, like life is a wave, right? And so to really be conscious of that and how that wave looks and feels for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, big time. Like I've, I've certainly experienced like the highs and lows in my life. And mm-hmm. I much prefer the subtle piece that's just kind of easy keel. Yeah, there's still um, emotions of joy and happiness and all these things, but it's not this addictive uh, roller coaster. Because before it was like these like insane highs where I was just elated and super excited and life was amazing. And then the next day I would crash and it would just be all going to shit and it'd be terrible. <laughs> I don't want either at this point. (laughs) Like I just want to be nice and calm. Just take it easy. I find it's like an attachment piece. It's like, am I attached to this? Like, like taking on that emotion as me versus it's an experience. So if I'm like really joyful and in my, my state, which I know that I am love and I am joy, but I might be experiencing something that is, you know, unhappy or sad or emotional of some sort, but it's just like witnessing it from this place of detachment of like, this is just an experience that I'm going through, but it's not something that's permanent. It's not something that defines me. Mm. You know, it's, it's just, I've, I've just shifting like perspective in that sense. Yeah. There is a detachment with it for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. The only constant. They're just going to keep on flowing. Yeah. It's, and I mean, as I'm sure I can tell that you guys are med- practice meditation just from like the way that you're talking about this stuff. And it's like that has been one of the most critical tools of all. Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah, whole me journey. too. And when I first started meditating, I'm like, this is horrible. Like, I don't like myself. <laughs> all my stuff was coming up and my mind was like, like crazy activated. And and it's like, you know, and if, if anyone listening like feels that way and you tr- maybe tried to meditate and you're like, that didn't work. It's like. It's always working, no matter what happens. It's always working. You're getting exactly what you need. And keep practicing. Yeah. I can't even tell you, like, what the feeling is like to have this experience come online of, like, what you just alluded to, which is, like, this feeling of, oh, my God, I am not, like, anything that's happening to me or happening around me. Like, that's not me. Mm -hmm. And that this voice that I thought was me is, like, my mind or something else it's like and then you get to get in touch with the soul like there's this other part of you 
that's observing mm-hmm. everything that's going on, your consciousness, right? And you really, I mean, from that space, oh my God, you guys, I just remember when I first heard like the, the other voice, like I'm like, I have another, there's another thing in me. Like what? <laughs> like it's not this horrible, mean energy that's been putting me down my whole life. Like that's not who I am. You know, and one of my favorite books that talks about this exact phenomenon is um, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, which is like, Mm. if you haven't read that book, get that book immediately and also read um, his other book, The Surrender Experiment, which is like so good. And it's 11-11, just by the way. Oh, Oh, amazing. (laughs) I'm over at the clock and I'm like, oh yeah, of course. (laughs) Of course it is. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Our clock here says um, 2012. And I'm like a huge fan of twos and ones. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I know we're getting close to an hour. Um, and so I think I think you have to to take off soon. But I really wanted to touch on um, the Akashic Records. Cool. Can we touch on it really fast? Really yeah, quickly? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, can you explain what they are? Yeah, like so there's Akashic to- record readings, yeah. right? And then like, what is what is that? Yeah. So, oh man, do we have so enough cool. time? Totally. <laughs> okay. I'm so happy to share with you. I feel like this is another thing that's kind of coming more into like popular awareness, mm-hmm. which I'm really happy to see. Um, the Akashic records, I would say, is this like it's kind of a personification of what I really feel is like just this higher frequency source of information, right? Just like when we're meditating, we're tapping into soul consciousness. That's like another frequency, right? When we're, um, yeah, that's like an example I would relate this to. And so the Akashic records are like, you know, they're, they're talked a lot about as being like a library of all the souls in the universe, right? Like it's literally this like library that's accessible through, you know, uh, praying, through meditating, through setting the intention to connect with this higher frequency source of information, Um, I also feel like when I'm tapping into that information, I'm tapping into, it's just all source consciousness. Like I'm just tapping into truth, tapping into unconditional love. And, um, when I'm doing a reading with somebody or even on myself, I'm setting the intention to engage with this frequency of the Akashic records, all the souls of the universe, source consciousness to support me in illuminating more truth about any questions that I have that are really aimed at supporting me in living my highest alignment of my mission on this planet and my soul embodiment, feeling and just being my, my best. And uh, I love I love this, this work so much. I found out about it about, um, it's funny to say I found out about it lifetimes ago, but I, <laughs> I literally, I was you know in my job like four years ago or so in New York and I was looking at the newsletter for a healing center that I did a lot of, I was seeing Reiki clients at at the time and kind of on the side of my advertising job and um, saw this training that was Akashic Records sort of, and I just, you know, when you read something and you have this like unexplainable recognition with it, it's just this sure. familiarity, like mm-hmm. I've done that before. Like, what is that? But I had mm-hmm. never heard of it before in this life. And, uh, and I just went, I was like, I'm going. And I went and I did the training and it was like this, a lot of meditation practice, a lot of like, you know, and receiving different energetic attunements to help, you know, uh, help me receive that frequency more clearly. Mm-hmm. And although we can all, we can all access the Akashic records, we can all access our own Akashic records. We can all do this through meditation, through practice. But I will say that I had one of the most transformative times of my life in that training, because I really felt 
I felt um, at such, and this has happened to me many times over my life, but this is a really pivotal moment in which I felt like, wow, this is why I'm here. Like I'm here on the planet to give this gift. I'm here on the planet to be this seer, this person. Like I have a gift. I have a gift to access this energy. I have a gift to interpret this energy that I'm a channel. And I just saw myself. I saw so many of my other lifetimes in which I had been that channel, that messenger, that healer. And it really was so healing, you know, for this part of me that felt like I somehow couldn't be that, or I was never going to be able to be that, or like, what am I really here for? It was just so clearly answered. It was like, wow, you know, and that, and so I received, how does that all work? Like, you know, again, we all experience intuition differently. We all express our intuition differently. For me, I experienced, you know, tuning into this energy through feeling, and I really feel information, like I'll, you know, how it works when I'm doing a reading is I say an invocation, I connect to my client's energy, and I start to, and everybody's so different too, it's so amazing, like I'll receive information at a different speed, mm-hmm. depending on who I'm connecting with, and and it will come through differently, like I'll notice a difference in the way I interpret, you know, messages, um, depending on what that soul is most needing to receive, which is really beautiful. And I will receive the information, I would say, through a feeling kind of sensation that that then somehow triggers like this. It's kind of unexplainable. It's hard to explain with words, but it's like I'll usually have my eyes closed and I'll feel. It's beyond like clearing with, uh, it's beyond hearing with like a clear audio or a clear visual. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel information in a way that I know it's it's not coming from me because I don't, it's like my mind is not involved in creating this. It's like a feeling and then somehow I can interpret, you know, this like this almost like whisper into words. And then I can just get into a channeling state where I'm just letting things kind of come. Um, and it's really cool. I feel like new, it's always a new experience depending on who I'm sharing with to, to see like, you know, it does feel like sometimes I'm seeing things. Sometimes there is a vision. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, it's a very humbling experience, I would say too, because it, is constantly asking me to you know, put my ego aside and to always be in service to whatever this other soul is, is allowing me to, to share. And, um, yeah, and it's just, I'm so in awe of how dynamic and unique every single one of us is. Like, it's just so, we are so multifaceted and we're so powerful and we've all lived. I feel like we've all lived so many different lifetimes and we have so many different experiences and gifts and like, just so much there's just so so much infinitely powerful like insight available within us you know so it's it's one of my favorite things to do it feels so good (laughs) that's cool I like that let me ask you a question so the Akashic Records are like a library or where information is stored based on your past lives or future lives I would explain it um I would yeah so this is the other fun part so we really get into like the quantum field, right? Beyond time, beyond space, beyond like linear, a linear agreed to believe in here on earth. Um, however, time and space are illusions, right? Like we're kind of all just agreeing that, you know, this is a computer screen and I'm in Los Angeles and you're in Spain, totally. but somehow mm-hmm. we're connecting in this present moment through time, even though it's 1118. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's fun. Um, and the Akashic records, it's like information is just, it's just there. It's all, it's like the continuum of all, you know, all happenings that have ever happened through past, present and future. 
So it's always like communicated, like whatever the person is most needing to hear can come in as like a future timeline can come in as a present moment timeline or past lives, you know, infinite lifetimes that our souls have experienced not only on earth, but in other, you know, galaxies and other star systems, other, other dimensions even. Um, and in that space also is like, you know, for certain people, ancestors will come, come in the reading or past, you know, past life guides, spirit guides, um, or, you know, memories of people in their, this lifetime that have maybe since passed or very like, this happened the other day. It was like somebody coming in and like Michelle, who was that? And it's just somebody who figures really prominently in this person's path as it pertains to relationships. He had this woman, Michelle, who always introduces him to like his new girlfriend, <laughs> like many times. So it's just, um, things like that can happen. And yeah, it's really, it's beautiful to get out of our, you know, to be in a space that's like devoid of a linear intellectual kind of mm -hmm. construct. And is really, it's an energy transmission, like the people that are in the, the space with me and I'll feel, you know, it's energy, it's all energy yeah. being communicated. And it's even like beyond the words and the interpretation, it's like, I've, I'm aware of people experiencing different energy movement and sensation in their body just by simply being in this agreement to be in this container to receive, mm -hmm. you know, so there's just so much going on that we're not even oh, aware know, of and so much beings <laughs> helping us all the time that we don't even see or we don't even know. And, you know, I'm so sensitive to like conditioning and, and the way that I'm multidimensionality and galactic consciousness and all these things. It's like, you know, to what extent is that just, you know, that's, it's all stories, right? It's all stories that we've decided to agree upon to like make sense of mm -hmm. this human experience in the third, fourth, fifth dimension. And, and there's just, yeah, there's just so much, again, it's like the more that I know, the less I know. Like yeah, I really, totally. like, <laughs> <laughs> so what is the difference between a past life reading uh, or versus an Akashic record reading? Cool. Uh, I'm not sure there's a difference. Yeah, I just, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, this is a conversation I've, I'm really open to having too, especially with more people that work in specifically Akashic records. So mm -hmm. I really feel, um, I, was, I was actually asking a, a mentor of mine the same question because I'm just like, to what extent, like I, I'm just so, I'm so like kind of sensitive to this notion of like, you know, I have my, I have my Reiki certification and I have my health coaching certification and I have my Akashic record certification. So I do these things, right? You understand that like I do these things and I'm a coach and I'm an author and I did this, I made this book, but like to what extent is all of that, those titles and categorizations and compartmentalizations really limiting of my full expression of just being this channel for source consciousness to move through in all these different ways, you know, and to what extent is like me saying I'm channeling the Akashic records, really limiting the fact that I'm just channeling my unique connection to source that happens to be expressed through this, you know, really powerful gift that I have, which mm -hmm. is tapping into all my intuition, all of my life experience, all of my soul experience, having been a guide. And, you know, yeah, sure, I'm tapping into the Akashic Records, but I'm tapping into someone's soul. I'm tapping into their guides. I'm tapping into their multidimensional blueprint. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so I kind of played around with that. I'm like, how do I communicate with more integrity what it is that is happening? Is that the truest expression of, like, yeah. what is really occurring, right? 
And yeah, and it's challenging. It's like being the bridge between the fifth dimension and the third dimension. Like in the third dimension, I call myself a life coach because people understand what that means. Even if there's like all of these other things going on. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's challenging. I don't know if I have an answer for you because it's like, I feel like so much is going on and that I'm just so aware that whatever someone is really needing, as long as I'm an open channel for being that, that conduit, Mm -hmm. like they receive that. And it is a past life reading. It's a soul reading. It's Mm -hmm. an energy healing. It's yeah. You're drawing on like all of your tools and all of your gifts and it's not, and all of that can't be like, we don't have a word for that in this human language. right? I also say that to like give permission to people who may be in this feeling again of like a victim consciousness or a feeling of like, I don't, Oh man, I see this so often. Like, am I really allowed to share my gifts? Am I qualified? You know, like, am I qualified? This whole notion of like, being qualified, right? Like, what does that mean? Like, how do we qualify? How do we determine qualification? And to what extent is our agreed upon system of qualification mm-hmm. real? Because I know people that have PhDs and have been doing coaching for like a million years and are like, and it's like, are they people like, are those people the best? Are they the best for me? Are those people going to help me in the way that I need versus like, I have relationships in my life with people that aren't even coaches or, you know, qualified in any of the ways that we would think or like a healer is qualified. And they're like the most expert space holders that I've ever come across in my life. And these people are like, you know, supporting people in deep healing in in such powerful ways. And they're not getting any acknowledgement for it. And they're not even saying that this is what I do. They just are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's such an important point. I, I really love that, that you said that because uh, I think the constructs of our society really like the these uh, letters after a name or whatever, I think in a lot of ways they could be potentially limiting. If somebody is saying something that resonates with you, take it. If it means something to you, take it. If it doesn't, throw it out. Who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. at the end of the, the day, if you are getting something out of the interaction, then take notice. Yeah. But otherwise, because I think that uh, a lot of the constructs of our society, you know, they, they're serving an old consciousness. And a lot of that is now shifting. It's changing. It no longer supports this new direction that we're we're heading in, in in some regards. Not everything, because you know there, there's no there's no absolute truth here. I think everything is really just in flux and change, and and including the the Akashic record. Just based on some of the understanding that I have, from what I understand, is that you can change everything. You can change your past lives. You can change all of it. And including like this existence now, eventually it'll be in the past, but even this existence will be different in the future. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, it's so powerful. I mean, the quantum, you know, you could call it quantum healing or past whatever. Like it's, it's an, I mean, I do this in my inner child, like inner child healing is exactly what you're talking about. And that's been one of the most powerful, like I would say modalities I mean, I call it inner child healing or soul retrieval, you know, Mm -hmm. full soul integration embodiment. It's like, I'm so passionate about that work because that's exactly what we're doing. We're going back and healing not only past lives, even if we're not consciously thinking like this is a past life, it's like we're healing the past parts of ourselves that were, you know, where we received conditioning or, you know, incurred stories or imprints that are not really in alignment with the life that we want to live now, present moment life. And just, you know, there's so much power in that awareness. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm the creator of my 
present reality and you know what are these issues if any or conditionings or stories that aren't really in service to me that and how can I change them like what would be a better story what would feel what would feel better you know mm -hmm. and really yeah I mean it's so I've just witnessed people undergo like such massive and myself included massive transformation in even like a 30 minute guided you know meditation where you're meeting your inner child and you're reconnecting yeah. with the soul part of yourself and starting to like develop that loving caring relationship with you know this part of you that maybe has always felt abandoned mm -hmm. you know that's maybe always then catalyzed like in my case has always ignited this desire for external validation to feel like you like I met actually have a retreat coming up in LA at the end of April that I'm going to be taking um, a group of eight people through this this curriculum that I've developed that's over. I mean, you know, wow, it's always, it's almost funny to say that after what I just said, like this curriculum that I developed. <laughs> it's great. All of these teachings. It's all of these teachings that I have just, I've received through all of my own transformation, all my own healing. And wow, I'm just so, I'm so inspired to share this with as many people as possible. The inner mm -hmm. child component has a little section in my book, but I mean, that's just, that could be like a whole other book. Yeah, it's a game changer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an, an really absolute important game piece changer. for sure. <laughs> wow, we could just talk forever and ever. This yeah. has been so fun. <laughs> <laughs> we need another four yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. We, we need yeah. to have you on again. <laughs> you guys are amazing. It's been so great. You know, I love connecting with, um, I just love connecting with you. And I feel like how open you are to like, like we're tuning into a similar frequency and that feels really exciting for me. Cause it's like, we're both just like playing off each other's inspiration and yeah. yeah and it can just go on forever. I mean, that's when we're in flow. It's like, yeah. we're totally in flow. Totally. <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah. This is definitely uh, the favorite thing that we do is just connecting with uh, like-minded people and just having these conversations because I just feel that they're so important and I yeah. get so much out of yeah. them. Yeah. Totally. Big time. Yeah, I used to be so scared to talk about this stuff. And now it's like, oh, we've got a podcast. And we're going to talk about it and share with the world. <laughs> so oh, awesome. I love I'm it. excited to go even deeper into the in our next episode. We'll yeah. yeah, we'll get really so we weird then. Big time. We'll talk about a bunch of woo-woo we'll stuff. About, maybe we'll talk about sex. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like well, it. That's one of my favorite things to talk about because it's like, and this came up yesterday for me and my partner was like, like how, and I just always say this, like, how you show up for sex is how you're showing up in life, like in all areas of your life. And to, we're talking about consciousness, evolution, healing, energy discernment. It's like, that's where like a lot of our shadow stuff is like wanting to be illuminated is like in our own sexuality, our expression of power, our expression of, of love. And yeah, I would love to have that. That's just a little idea. Maybe we can yeah. dial in. I love that. Yeah, that that's an awesome good. idea. <laughs> For it sure. Is. We'll definitely have you on again because this is fun. Yeah. And so if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? You can check out my website, sydneycampos.com. And on there, you'll also see a link to my book website, which is the-empath-experience.com. And uh, as I mentioned, I have a great retreat coming up at the end of April in Los Angeles. That's all about inner child. It's called Remember Who You Are. And there's mm -hmm. two spaces left. And, um, and then I also have a visionary souls podcast, which you can tune into where I interview amazing people, um, similarly and really delve into, you know, um, I like to delve into the shadow with people. Mm -hmm. I love to talk to amazing people and right away ask them like, what is, what, what are you most afraid of? And what are you most <laughs> afraid of anybody knowing about you? <laughs> <laughs> 
having conversations like that, that mm-hmm. just, yeah, that just like crush through our notions of separation and perfection. And I love it. Yeah, so <laughs> fun. I love it. So yeah, just uh, connect with me on, at sydneycampos.com. Sign up for my newsletter. I'm going to be announcing some of my book tour visits and always yeah. have great videos and I'm on YouTube and all that good stuff yeah, too. Awesome. Well, we'll put all the links below in the show notes for people. So, so they can, they can easily reach out to you. So thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. It's been so wonderful. Super fun. Yeah. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for the space that you create. Thank you for the conversations that you're holding space for. It's so important. Really appreciate you. Aww, uh, likewise. Thank you. Likewise. Sydney. Thank you so much. And um, for the for our listeners, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And please, if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe. Hit that button. It really helps us out. And, and share I with your friends. Big time. Yeah. You gotta share with them. <laughs> Spread the love. <laughs> so that's it. Till next time, right. people. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Spirit Ninjas Spiritual is Fuck Podcast. Make sure to tune in next time for more deep conversations to uplift, inspire, and blow your mind. Spiritual is fuck.